Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcasts. To get connected, visit our website, www.edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel. Enjoy listening to the sermon today. Fantastic. Thank you, Stacy. Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to be you. Be you. It's good to see you <laughs> and to be with you today. Um, and to those online, good morning. It is good that you're with us. We had an incredible 830 service. Really, God did something, and I'm believing and trusting for this service and what He's doing. And I, I'm just I'm loving these moments of, of sharing our praise and prayer reports. And I want to encourage you. I know Bobby spoke about it, but but if you have a need, and please hear me. Contact us. Just after service as well, we took a moment to pray with someone, and I just said to them, please stay in touch. I know your appointments are on the 27th with the specialists, but update us. See, it's a way in which we can pastor, but then more than that, the very culture of our church is that it is about we pray first. It's our first response, not our last resort. And so I want to encourage you, we want to stand in prayer with you with what, what's happening, and then also to celebrate God's goodness. I can't believe it when they, when just even that praise report of like, for the first time in 10 years, wish me, wish me happy Mother's Day. I was like, when last year, I realized actually Mother's Day was just last week, Sunday. Um, but we're celebrating and I encourage you to, to connect with us. Connect WhatsApp right now, even on the online platform, you can make contact with us. But like Stacey said, that we are in our 50 days of looking at the series. And what we've been doing over this past journey, since starting on Easter Sunday, can you believe it, or since that's when the first time we started the series, is that we've been looking, because we saw in Scripture, it speaks about there was an account that happened. You see, after Jesus rose on that Easter Sunday, he actually was, what did he do? Like we know very well what happened prior to that, but I think sometimes we, we don't fully understand some of the interactions and moments. And it, scripture speaks about how there were 40 days that Jesus walked and he connected and he had meaningful conversations. And then on the 40th day, he ascended to go be with his father. Preparing his disciples, I'm going to leave you. He already started over that Passover weekend. He started telling him, I'm going to leave you, and this is going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to go and die, and then I'm going to raise, and then I'm going to leave you. And read it about this account, and then so forth. On that 40th day when he ascended, there were 10 days where the disciples waited. Because as he was ascending, I can just see him as he was going up in that cloud, that he was saying to his disciples, don't worry, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with my spirit, but it's going to come. But can you imagine in that moment, yes, we know the full story so we can understand that he sent his spirit. But the disciples, sure, for the last two months of their lives, they've been through some hectic stuff. Seeing that their savior now went to the, then was raised and now he's doing this and this interaction. And now he says, I'm gone, but my spirit's going to come. And so that's where we see the 10 days that they waited they fasted and they trusted. And on the 50th day, he sent his Holy Spirit. And that's what we know is Pentecost Sunday when the Spirit came to dwell amongst us. And so what we're doing is that on the 5th of June is Pentecost Sunday. We're going to celebrate. It's also the end of our series, but we're going to celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given to us was his Spirit. And so this is the journey that we've been going through the last several weeks 
unpacking these interactions that Jesus spoke like the two men on the road to Emmaus. And we saw about how he appeared into the different groups and how he appears to this morning and it gets bigger and bigger and to, to the different disciples and the interactions. And we think of Thomas who was, who was doubting this whole thing and how he has all these different interactions. And it was those 50 days that literally changed the world. In those 50 days, what happened was defining moments and it changed the world and I really believe it has the power to change us. And so today, in today's message, I want to look at about one of the most famous encounters that take place in that moment, in those 40 days of Jesus after Resurrection Sunday. And it actually was one of the last encounters that he has with disciples which is known as the Great Commission, founding in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And what I want to do today is that I want to speak about this Great Commission and what took place and uh, what did it mean? Who was it for? How does this relate to us now? Because was he saying it just to those 11 disciples way back then? Because, hello, so much has changed in the day and age that we live to now. Is that still relevant to us? And so what I want to do is that I want to unpack and share four truths, four commissions that I believe he gives to you and I to actually live out the great commission in our everyday life. And we're going to look at it from the Gospels, how Jesus says these different things, looking at the last chapter of Matthew, which we're going to speak about now in the great commission. And we're looking at the last chapter of Luke and the last chapter of John and then the first chapter of Acts. All these things that Jesus said in these 40 days before ascension that he shared with his disciples that is so relevant to you and I today. But the Great Commission, what is it? I I know that sometimes we might have heard this, we might have heard a a, a preach on this, or we've read something about it, or maybe we're not aware of what is the Great Commission. Maybe some of us haven't heard of it. Maybe for some of us, we think the Great Commission is love the Lord God with all your heart, body, mind, and soul, and love your neighbors, where we get this love God and love people. That is called the Great Command. That's not the Great Commission. There's a difference between the Great Command, which Jesus speaks in Matthew 22, to the Great Commission. There's a difference here. And, and to, this is a moment where, and to paint the picture of what's happening here, to give you context, like I said, it is his, one of his last encounters. And so he, he, he knows that this is a last encounter. So he gathers his disciples and he goes, come, you need to come with me. It's like my last words. Like someone on their deathbed, they were, they're giving their final words in this moment. Like they knew that something was going to happen. And so he says to him, come, we need to go. And he takes him up to a mountain tops of Galilee. And I can just imagine him sitting down with these 11 disciples after everything that has happened. Over that Passover, all those things that are, who was raised from the dead and he's appearing and showing them that he's alive. And now he sits with these disciples and he says to them, guys, listen to me. I need to tell you something. I need to tell you a command that in, in, in my absence now, there's something that I want you to live out. And he says these words to them in Matthew 28. We're going to read it together on the screen. And he came and he told his disciples... I have given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. 
And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Now, this is the great commission, what Jesus was saying here. And I want to say this up front from the very beginning of my message. Sometimes when we hear and we speak about this great commission, we often, and we heard it, it's like we're going to be preached about this and we need to go make disciples, that we can think to ourselves, this is not the great commission. This is actually the great omission in my life at the moment. And that levels of guilt and you're thinking, oh, here they go again. They're going to talk about this. And, and because we feel like I, this is something that's missing in my life. I don't do this. I struggle to do this. And I believe if we are completely honest, and I'm being completely honest on this stage and sharing it even as a pastor, that many of us struggle to live out this thing of what Jesus called his disciples to do called the Great Commission. We, we, we think and we, we look at this and we think, I actually feel guilty when you start talking about stuff like this because I don't know, I don't feel good enough to share about Jesus. Or there's a sense of like, I don't know how to. Like, what do I say? Do I tell them that they're going to burn and go to hell if they don't love Jesus? Like, what are some of the things that I do? But hold on. When Jesus was talking about this great commission, didn't he mean that for, isn't that what a missionary is for? Those people that we give to and we say, you go to those people to make disciples? Or it's, oh no, it's for the staff and the pastors. That's why we give because it's their role to do that. And so we feel that, well, I'm not good enough. I don't have a theological degree. What happens if I get into a situation and someone I need to share and they ask me a question about scripture, like, so how did the dinosaurs fit into this? And so what happens at the end times? And we're like, huh? I don't even know what to say. And you're thinking, okay, okay, it's not that. Like, we have to be so culturally sensitive in this day and age. Like, you can barely say anything and we've offended everyone. And so how do we, how do, we do this in a way that I don't want to offend and everything? And that's correct. That's why I said, please don't say you're going to burn and all of those things. So how do I do it in my, my workspace or where I am as a teacher with other colleagues like in the staff room? Like, it's so awkward. Or if you know my personality, Dan, I'm not that kind of person. I am not an extrovert. That's why we have pastors that stand on stage and do things like that. I am my personality type. I'm not, I'm not like this. Or it's the thing of like, we've heard about this great commission but we don't fully carry or recognize the urgency of this command. And, and, and instead of seeing it as a great commission, we see it as just, oh, it's just a great suggestion that's there for us. Hear me? It is not called the great suggestion. It's called the great commission. It's not something that we like, oh, it's not for me as a disciple. And so we, we can hear these things and we can be sometimes filled with like, oh, I feel guilty. Or oh, I'm, not, I'm not good enough at this. Can anyone relate to any of these things that I just said? Because this part of my sermon was the easiest to write because I just was so easy to write all these reasons because I have struggled with all these reasons. There has been so many times that I've literally left a moment and someone has been saying something to me in a moment and it happened now in the week and they were sharing something and in that moment I could feel inside of me I should just pray for them right there and then. But it was in an awkward space. I was at the hairdresser. And I'm thinking, they're sharing, I should, so I should just pray for them right now and just say, hey, can I take a moment and can I pray for you? Do you feel comfortable to do that? And, and yeah, they might say, no, that's happened before and that's okay. But instead, I just said, okay, thanks for sharing. I'm going to pray for you. And I got in. Literally, I drove away and all I wanted to do was turn around and go back because I was like, I should have. I don't know why. 
we've all been there. And so when I'm sharing about the Great Commission and how do we live this in our everyday life, please don't let it be the filter of, I feel guilty or I'm not good enough because there are many reasons. All of us can come up with many reasons. But my prayer for us today is that God would do something here. That yes, I'm going to share things and, and we can like, oh, I didn't know that. And knowledge is good. But if it's just knowledge without application, it means nothing. But you take the knowledge plus application, it means transformation. And then the, the actual application happens here when something happens inside of our heart to live out the very words that Jesus said to his disciples. And today I want to share with you four truths Like, how do I live out this commission? How do I do this? Four truths that we live this very commission that Jesus spoke to his disciples that we take into our everyday life is number one, is that we go with God's authority. And I want to start here because I want to make this very clear. This is not about we do this by ourselves. This is not I'm doing it in my own strength or my own mind. This is not I'm an incredible sales rep here and I'm just going to go do this thing. Or this is not about me my own intellect or strength or might, because I can tell you now, we should all be disqualified then. Because there was a key word that Jesus spoke about in verse 18, he spoke about an authority. And so often when we read the Great Commission, we often will start by saying, you know, when someone says, what's the Great Commission? And then we start in verse 19 and we say, therefore go and make disciples. But we leave out verse 18. Verse 18 says, Jesus came and told the disciples, I have given all authority, have been given all authority in heaven and in earth. And then he says in verse 19, therefore go. Now, anytime when you read scripture and you see the word therefore, you need to ask why it's therefore. You need to look at it and say, why is it there? Because we have to read what comes before then. He came and he told disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, I have been given this authority from my God above, from my Father. I have been given it. Therefore, now you go and make disciples. Not you go alone in your own strength, in your own mind, or because then you will never feel like you're good enough, or you might just do something that brings glory to yourself when actually it's bringing glory to God. See, church, hear me. The Great Commission is to literally commission you and I, and He's given you authority to do that. You see, the word commission is actually a military term. When we read that word, it means to give an officer authority when you put them into position. So we will commission someone to give them authority to function in that position. The literal definition is is legally transferred authority. Legally transferred authority. Why we get commission of oath. They have been authority as a marriage officer to stamp that piece of paper because they have been given commission of oath from the government to be able to do that role. So now when we read this verse that there's been a commission by Jesus, what it is saying in Matthew 28, it says Jesus legally has been given from his father the all the power to authority. He has been taken in. Now he says, I'm commissioning you, my disciples, to now go and make disciples of all the nations. 
You're not doing it in your own strength because if we do that as an introvert, you won't have the words to say. Not even as an extrovert. Hear me, I'm an extrovert and I was like, "Mm, I don't know what to say in this moment. But when you go with the authority of God, he says it also gives you a confidence. I'm not ashamed to share about what God has done. Sometimes we, we, we're even too afraid to say, you know, God is so good to me this weekend, even in our wording. When he gives you authority, he gives you the, the confidence to say, he says, I have commissioned you, Daniel, I've commissioned you to go and now and do this very thing. And what it says, he says, I've empowered you to go make disciples. Well, what does it mean to make disciples? You see, God spoke to us in this rebuild series on this rebuild theme for the year. He spoke so clearly out of Isaiah 58. He says, go and make the community livable again. And one of the key things that God spoke to us this year that we need to fully focus on 100% in one of them. There were two others, but it was about discipleship. How are we doing that? And hear me, I'm going to put a disclaimer. I cannot and I'm not covering this discipleship journey, which is a long series in a few 20 minutes that I have left. I'm not doing it now. But so you say to me, but what does it mean to be, uh, make disciples? How, how do you do that? In a nutshell, in a very brief, and we're going to unpack it and put in that disclaimer out in the weeks to come. But in a nutshell, telling people, making disciples is telling people about the love and forgiveness of Jesus. Just in a nutshell. It is sharing the good news. Why is it called the good news? Because there was someone who loved you and forgave you of all your sins and he's madly in love with you. That's why it's called the good news. And so you're saying, okay, but you need to tell me more what it means to make a disciple. We will get there. But understand this basic foundation principle. It's about sharing about the love and forgiveness that Jesus has given each one of us. And so he gives you the authority. And why did I say this? And I think there's the, the part that ends of this verse that often we leave out. And I think it's the best. It's the best part of that whole verse that we leave out. It says, I've given you authority, but, but listen here, my child. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of age. I've given you authority where you go into your workspace, into your family, but I'm with you because of my authority. I am always with you. So the first thing when you live out this commission is that number one, he says he's commissioned you to go with his authority. The second thing that he commissions and gives to you to be in this position, he says that we go with God's word. You see, it's the word of God. It is the word of God that has the power to change a life, to change a circumstance. It is his word that has that power. And again, we read this in Luke 2444, and this is also now in the Apostle Luke, he's sharing on this account also within these 50 days. And we reread this, he says, and this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And take note of what he says. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And then it carries on and says, then he told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and will rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. 
You see, then later on, Jesus begins to see, speak to his disciples, and he says in John 6.33, the words that I have spoken to you, the words that I have spoken to you, the words that I have spoken to you is full of the Spirit and life. Another occasion, Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away. Tragedy will come. COVID will hit you. You will lose your job. You will lose loved ones. Things might come and all this way, but can I tell you one thing that will never pass away? My word will never pass away. You see, it's the word of God that has the power to change our lives. And if it has the power to change our lives, it has the power to change other people's lives. And now this is what I want you to see, because when Jesus was talking to these 11 disciples, he says in in Mark 16, 15, he says, Jesus said to the followers, go everywhere in the world. And what does it say? Go tell the good news to everyone. Some of the translation says, now go preach. And often when we read that, the preach, we go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's Daniel's role. That's what he has to do. Amplified version says, go and tell the good news to everyone. What is the good news? There's love and forgiveness for all. And when he calls his disciples, he says, go and tell the good news. The thing is, when he was speaking to these 11 disciples, we can go, okay, that makes sense. It was spoken to them. Those 11. Listen to me, those 11 are long gone. Long gone. But here's the thing. Those 11 told others. Those others told other people. Those people told other people, let's take it here and carry on, carry on, decades after decades. We are disciples because they did something. So that means you and I are disciples of Jesus. So when he said, go and speak and the good news to all the nations, when he's speaking to disciples, hello, he's talking to you and I. Not just those that we read in scripture, to you and I. And this is what he does. And this is what I wanted you to see when in that verse in Luke, when he says that, look what it says. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now, if he opened their minds and they were disciples, what are we as well? He opens our mind to read the word of God, to understand it. And this is the good news. All of us can understand the Bible. You do not need to be a theologian who's reading and going, oh yes, this is what they meant here and this linked back here into the Old Testament. That's great. Get a study Bible. I recommend it. But it's not just reserved for the preachers and the missionaries because they need to know the word more. You see, we can all understand it. Why? Because we were saved. And he says, I've opened their minds and their hearts to understand scripture so that the word of God can jump off the page and speak to you. How do we go and become disciples if it means that we go with the word? What does that mean we have to do? We have to be in the word. In order for us to go and become and become and do this thing and and speak what God has said, we have to be in the word of God. And can I tell you why? Because we believe the word of God is God breathed. It was literally God breathing his life onto these pages. And just like you and I need breath to stay alive, as disciples, if we're really going to live out the commission that he called us, we need the breath of God that comes from being in his word. You see, because it's in his word that, that we read and you discover and the Holy Spirit illuminates things that stand out that maybe you've been reading scripture, how, I don't know how many times I will read a verse and then just in a moment, it's completely different. 
Because often our circumstances change. And this becomes even more relevant to what it is. And when you say, oh, but it's just an old relic. No, it's the living. It's the very breath of God. And so in order for us to go into this world, to make disciples, to live it out, we need to be in his word. And you think, okay, but I, I just don't have time. None of us really have time, but we actually all have time. It's about the matter of priority. And can I tell you, I'm not saying to you, go now and spend three hours and wake up at four so that you can still do all those things. You know where to start? Just 15 minutes with Jesus. Tell me, who does not have 15 minutes in their day? I can think how long it takes me just to find a series on Netflix. It takes longer than 15 minutes. How long it takes me in the bathroom takes longer than 15 minutes. Listen to me. This, I believe, is one of the greatest resources that our dear lead pastor previously wrote. His debut about the author and everything. His book that he wrote, bless him. It is... It is a journal as well. We, we make sure that you're covered, that you can write in your book as well. But he spoke, and this is such a great tool to help you. How do you get into the Word of God? Can I tell you? To even make it more simple, you can break it up to five by five by five. Spend five minutes just being in his presence in worship. Five minutes, one song, all I'm asking. One song. God, here I am, just be in his presence. Then five minutes just reading. And you say, but what do I read? Where do I get this from? Just uh, these many resources. There's so many things and you version and apps that you can get. There's so many tools where you're saying, oh, I don't know, understand any of that. There's a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, come speak to us. Five minutes. Where do you even start? Don't start in Revelations. Don't go there and start reading about that or looking at all the maps in your Bible and everything like that. That won't make sense. Just Start in the Gospels. Start with Matthew. If you just read the Gospels all the time for the rest of your life, listen to me, it'll change you. Go there. Spend five minutes reading and then spend five minutes in prayer. Saying, God, here I am. God, here I am. Help me with this. Help me with my unbelief. God, help me. I'm praying for this person. God, I need your help in this situation or that person. And then you spend five minutes. You see... Being in the word of God transforms you. It's the living words. It's his breath that changes us. And if it can change our life, it'll change others. When it says go and make disciples, you see, we've been permissioned to go with scripture and he gives you the reassurance that we will understand it if we're in his word. The third thing that we go with, that we've been commissioned with, is that we go with God's grace. Look at what John 20 verse 21 said. And Jesus said to them, again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. When he said this, he breathes on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Take note of that when it says that the Father had sent me and I also send you. We'll get to that. But in verse 23, often we leave this out when we're speaking about what we've been commissioned when we go with grace. And you cannot leave this out. It's so important because verse 23 says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven then. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And this is why we go with grace because Jesus is talking about forgiveness here. 
And before we even get there, look at, note what it says. As the Father, as the Father sent me, Jesus is speaking. So I send you and I breathe the Holy Spirit on you. There's a full circle that takes place here. You see, the Father gave the Son. The Son gives us the Holy Spirit. And now it's the Holy Spirit that when we have our moment where we get saved, the Holy Spirit draws us. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts. You know when you're in service and I say to you, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? And you can feel something pushing on your heart. There's a thought that comes to your mind. That's the Holy Spirit that is speaking. God doesn't condemn he convicts and it's his spirit that does. And then he serves. And then the Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus. So how it works is that the Holy Spirit then gives you the son and the son gives the father. Do you see the full circle that takes place here? And the reason why I say you go with grace it's because what Jesus is saying to the disciples in this very moment, and he's talking to these 11, he's saying, guys, please listen to these words that I'm going to say to you. Hear the last words and the urgency that I'm calling you. That if you don't take this message of grace, the people, the sins are going to be retained. Meaning they're going to die with their sins. But if you take the message of forgiveness, it's a message of grace. It's the good news that, listen to you, just like my life, I do not have it all together. I can tell you right now, I don't even qualify to be on you. But it's because of the grace of God that he says, I've forgiven you. And in that moment, there's such freedom in that space. And can I tell you, He's depending on you and I to take this message of grace to the world. There is only one plan. He's not waiting to say, okay, when are they, oh, yeah, they're really not getting this right. Don't worry. I've got a plan B. I'm going to wipe them all out and I'm going to start again. He's, that's not going to happen. There is only this plan, which is you and I, to share about this message of grace, this message of forgiveness. And you know what it feels like when you have got something that you need to speak or confess or there's something that you've been carrying and it's just been weighing down on you. Everyone's asking, are you okay? You're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then you finally have a moment where you can just speak. Maybe to someone that you've offended or maybe to a situation where you were wrong and the person says, it's okay, I've forgiven you. How you feel afterwards? So much lighter. Always like, oh, I feel good now. No, it's, it's okay. This message of forgiveness, we are covered in a world, neighbors, loved ones, that carry this guilt in their lives. And last week, Sunday, there was a moment and I got to pray with someone and they were sharing heavy stuff that's happened in their life. Come to me and they say, Dan, please pray for me. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what we're facing. Hectic stuff. And speaking about all the things, and I was like, yeah, we need to pray for that. And speaking about it, but the whole time while they were speaking to me, there was a conviction inside of my heart to say, forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness was the whole time that I was running. And as the person in and he's like, okay, can you pray? And I looked at him and I said, can I just say this? I believe you need to hear this message that you are forgiven. Sort of looked at me like, in like, huh? What did I do to you? And I was like, no, no, not with me. 
Jesus has forgiven you. And there was a defining God moment that took place right there and then. And as I just began to see, I said, hear me, hear this truth. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. And the emotions and that sense, there was freedom that took place <laughs> with the things still there that he needed to face in that week and the challenges, 100%. We prayed for those. But I believe the breakthrough really came because he heard the truth that he was forgiven. I will need to hear that and that's why we go with that grace of that message. And the last one I want to conclude with this conclude my message with this one because on the 5th we have Pentecost Sunday where we're going to celebrate and speak about what does it mean when the Holy Spirit came and to live amongst us but in order to live out the Great Commission I want you to hear this truth that the fourth thing that he commissions you and I to go with the fourth thing that he says go and make disciples of all this world he says go with God's power Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And again, I'm telling you, as I preach this message, is not to make you feel guilty. In actual fact, it's to go, okay, I feel a bit better. Why? Because I understand that there's been the authority. I go with the authority of God. I'm not doing it in my own. That I go with his word that is life, that there's truth that I speak. That I go with grace. I give the message of forgiveness that God loves you and there's forgiveness for you. And then I go with his spirit that says, I will be with you and give you what you need in that moment. You see, because literally when you read about that, the Greek word here is dunamis. When we speak about that his spirit, you receive the power which means, comes from the word dynamite. It literally means miraculous ability. Now replace it and put that miraculous ability into the sentence. Look what it says. And you shall receive miraculous ability to share about his love and forgiveness. But Dan, I'm not good enough. You don't understand. I just don't have the confidence. When? This is awkward. How do, do I do it while I'm walking to the, to the bathroom? When do I have a moment to share this? I don't even know what words to say. But you will receive miraculous ability and even words, because look at the promises in Luke 12, verse 12. The right words will be there. The Holy Spirit will give you the right words when the time comes. But it's just not me, I don't have it. The Holy Spirit will give you the right words when the time comes. That's why we have to be in his word to discern when he's telling us. It gives you confidence and you get it always right. But he says, I will give you authority. And can I tell you even a better truth in all of this? Our responsibility is to share the good news. That's what we're responsible for. We cannot save the people. It is, we do not have the power. None of us are Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that none of us are. We do not have the power. So our responsibility is to share the good news, the news of forgiveness and of love. And then we let the mighty one do what only he can do to change a life. We have our part, the natural. But when you give it into the hands of God, he does them the supernatural in moments like that. 
So how do we live this out in our daily lives? How do we go from that today is not just great, oh, good four points. Thanks, Dan. How do we truly live it out in our day? That's what my prayer for us right in the beginning was. That it wouldn't just be about knowledge, that God would do something here within the heart. You see, because from the heart flows the hands. From the heart, it's the thing of like, I believe. And for some of us, we've been around for so long and we're like, yeah, I, I know all these things. Some of us, we're so new on our journey. Some of us, we've never even made that decision. This is applicable to all of us. No one arrives. You arrive when you close your eyes and then you open your eyes again when you're with Jesus. But all of us were called. It wasn't a great suggestion. It was a great commission that we were commissioned to go and take it, to share the good news. And you say, where does it start? The heart, how do you start here? It's by truly actually just saying, God, will you give me the very burden and the passion of what your heart will help me echo your heartbeat. Where my heart has grown cold to, oh, I know all of this, but God, where this is, God, give me the heart, your heart. And you know how simple it is because we can come up with a whole list of things. It's actually just coming to that place of saying, so God, here I am. I'm surrendering to what you want. I find myself in this office place or I oversee this daycare or or I'm in this work situation. God, I'm surrendering to you. And just like Isaiah the prophet said these very words when he says Isaiah 6 verse 9, then I heard the Lord ask him, Edge Church, who should I send as a messenger to this people, to the community that you live in? To your workspaces, I will never enter into some of the workspaces that you're in. The schools, the classrooms, universities, big organizations. Who's going to do it? There's only one plan. Who's going to be the messenger? What has God spoken to us about rebuilding, about making the community livable again? How are we going to truly live out this, what he's called us as a church? Who? Sister Isaiah, who will go for us? And then he said, Here I am, send me. Not, okay, give me your CV first. Let's see if you know all these verses. Where is this? What is happening in your life in this area? And no, no, none of us would then qualify. Surrendered, willing heart that's obedient to what his Savior has done for us. And now to share that with others. Come on, as I close, I want you to put everything down in this moment. So I do believe God wants to speak and he has been speaking and maybe you've been taking notes and that's great, but just in this moment, if we can just pause. And I want to ask you this question. And if it helps to close your eyes so that you're not distracted by other things, do that. What do you believe the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now? What do you believe He's asking you to do? What has come to mind in the, while we're sharing this message that He's saying? He 
called you by name. He says, hear me about this. So in this moment, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Let him speak. for each one of us as we sit in this moment, I do believe your spirit is speaking to many of us. Different promptings. And I believe that you're speaking to the very heart of us. This is not about a program. This is not about the great commission of when you have arrived, then you can do these things. Or you need to qualify like this. As you're speaking to it's about the heart. You desire for us as your disciples to stay close with you, to be in your word, to be under your authority, that we go with grace and that we go with your spirit. And so for us, we, we've heard your call as a, as a church, but for us personally, make the community livable again. What are you doing inside of us? And I pray for each one, different spaces different journeys, being on this journey as a believer for X amount of times or new way, every one of us on different spaces. But ultimately, we all walk in the same journey. And ultimately, you have all the same, the same desire and heart for every one of us. So I pray for us as, as your disciples. Disciples, we definitely don't have it all together that you would strengthen us, equip us to, to go and to carry your very heart, your love for those who are lost, love for those who, who are not following and where we've lost that passion to share about you. God, will you speak to us again now in this moment? And I believe he's speaking. you would soften hearts, God, that you would do the work and that we would be reminded what has been done in our lives. And even if we have to go back to many years ago to remember that, that we're reminded of the deep work that you've done in us and how you desire for everyone to know that. Do that work, I pray, mighty God. And in this moment, as we stay praying, I believe for some, as I was speaking about, go and make disciples. You recognize that the actual fact, that message of love and forgiveness, you want to receive it. And today you can. This, this message is about a name called Jesus. It's about what he did when he came to this earth sent by his father to come and be with us. He put on flesh. He actually understands what we've been through, the very physical pain, the emotional pain, the abuse. He understands it and he comes and he walks with us. And then on that Friday, he goes to the cross. An innocent man, he didn't deserve it. And yet he went there because he knew the will of his father and he knew that he needed to go to the cross so that you and I, 
everyone would understand that there is forgiveness, that there is life eternal, that even the greatest mistakes, he said, I'll forgive you of that. And Saturday they waited and then Sunday he rose from the grave. And he rose so that you and I could have eternal life. And that is the message of Jesus. He said that I love you. I would do that because I love you. And I forgive you even the deepest mistakes and things you have done. He says, I forgive you. If no one else forgives you, I am the one that forgives you. And today is the message that he says, will you accept it? The good news that he looks at you and he says, my child, come to me. And if that's you, I want to pray. And you say, Dan, will you pray for me? All eyes are closed. Just lift your hand so I know I'm praying for you. Say, Dan, I want to accept. Amen. And you can put it down. Saying, Dan, pray for me. I want to accept that message of Jesus. I need him in my life. I need him. Just lift your hand. Amen. Amen. You can put it down. The good news is that he came just for you. Even though you're thinking, how did I get you this Sunday morning? He planned it. He ordained it. And I believe his spirit is working one more time. He's saying, Daniel, you pray for me. Even if you're not sure, have I made that decision? We pray it again. Saying, Dan, pray it one more time. Lift your hand. You're saying, will you pray for me? I need Jesus. I need him in my life. Amen. Come on, and I want you to say this prayer with me. Father, today I acknowledge that my life, I've been trying to do it in my own strength and in my own ways. I've, I've been I've trying to take control of everything, but ultimately, I'm not in control. And Jesus, there's so many things that I need your forgiveness. I haven't been following. I can feel that there's an emptiness, but today I choose. I believe that you went to the cross for me and then on that third day you rose so that I could have life. And so today I believe in that power and today I want it in my life. And so today I accept you. Say it in your own words. Say what God has said to you. I belong to you. I need you. Whatever it is, say those words. So God, for each person that has prayed that, I thank you for what you have done. God, I thank you for the mercy and grace and that you are so good to us. And even when we might feel so like we're not worthy, you said, you are mine and I've chosen you. Thank you, Jesus, for the message of salvation. And we give you all the praise and honor. Come on, church, let's give him praise. We need to celebrate every time because of his grace and what he's done.